This this is the Impressions Exchange Podcast. Impressions Exchange Podcast. Where all topics impacting the graphic imaging and printing industry are addressed via in-depth news coverage, analysis, and timely interviews. Hi, I'm Denise Gustafson, Editorial Director for Printing United Alliance and the guest host for the special Printing Impressions podcast series in celebration of Women's History Month, highlighting women in the printing industry. During this series, I'll have the opportunity to talk with women from all segments of the industry about their experiences and their journey as a woman in the industry. So today, it's my pleasure to welcome Gretchen Renault. She's Vice President of Customer Success and Strategic Partnerships with Printmail Solutions. So Gretchen, welcome. Thank you. So to get us started, could you share a little bit about your journey and how you really got involved with the printing industry? Sure. I actually spent the the first 10 years of my career in an entirely different industry. I was in large-scale production in the horticulture world, so completely different, but in, in a lot of ways, not that different. And I was actually going to school at night to further my education, and I was getting Microsoft certifications. So I was getting like my MCSA, MCSE, and I wanted to get into that line of work and do sort of help desk and technology. And so I was seeking out opportunities to be able to utilize those certifications. And I discovered Printmail Solutions, which was a smaller company at the time, and they were looking for someone to come in and kind of be a go-between between their IT and technology department and their operations group. And as a side note, they said, oh, and also we want you to manage our, our print department. So I, I, I kind of fell into it by accident and, and the rest went from there. It's always interesting to see how people get into the industry. Like you said, you came from horticulture, which seems so, so weird. What were the similarities between horticulture and now printing? And I've equated it over the years in a couple of different ways. But at the end of the day, I was working in the production and manufacturing side, kind of in large scale horticulture. And I would have equated it to, I managed the operations for Primel Solutions for about 15, 16 years. And it's not really that different when you're producing 100,000 pieces of mail or 100,000 petunias uh, in an assembly line in a production environment. You're still utilizing some of the same key metrics and the same skills to work with the people that are that are doing that work. So at the end of the day, it was all kind of related through manufacturing, if that makes sense. No, it does definitely make sense. So now with you as being vice president of customer success and strategic partnerships, what does that mean for you? What is actually your role within Printmail Solutions? So as I mentioned, I did run our operations for about 16 years, which gave me a really valuable base with which to kind of come at where I'm doing today and the role I'm in today. I understand our organization very well. I understand the elements that go into what we do at the end of the day. Printmail Solutions is mostly providing statement printing and mailing as well as electronic e-statements for financial institutions. So most of our customers are community banks. So in heading up customer success and strategic partnerships, it's kind of a dual role where I manage all the traditional elements of customer success and ensuring, you know, our accounts are handled properly and that we have, you know, high customer retention and things like that. And then on the partnership side, it's been a very interesting way for me to take the information and what I know on the operational side and then what I am handling on the customer side and kind of merge them into how do we work with other third parties, be it software providers that we're already integrating with for our customers, 
that we can also create new opportunities for and with for companies who are providing ancillary services that our customers need that we could recommend to them. So, for example, I have a, a large list of strategic partners that we work with that we make introductions to our customers to kind of help them with some of their other needs that don't compete with what we offer. And then we can provide leads, for example, and references and introductions to some of these partners to our customers as well. Very, very interesting. Now, for you, obviously, you have the background in manufacturing, so both with petunias and horticulture and also on the side of printing. So both of these industries, to me, seem manufacturing is very heavy with um, male or, or men, and that's very, very similar to what we see in printing. How is it being a woman in this kind of manufacturing mindset in a way? It definitely can have its challenges at times, and it has for me over my career. But at the heart of it, I will say one thing I decided for myself many, many years ago is that I wasn't going to personally let that be a factor in my vision of success for myself or in, frankly, how I interacted with others. In essence, I took the mindset of, I don't want the fact that I am female to be an influence in whether anyone would choose to want to work for me or want to buy our products. I want to be a person of integrity and a person of my word and taking personal responsibility for the elements of myself and my career, kind of despite the fact that maybe coming into it, that that obviously there's a little bit of a disadvantage and knowing that I'm in the minority. So taking that approach, I think was successful for me generally. And so kind of just, I would work with people along those same lines and, you know, really make sure that I'm not treating anyone differently for, for any reason, including gender. Mm-hmm. So how do you empower yourself and other women in the industry? I think what that comes down to for me, and everyone views this differently, but is, is, is what I said a second ago, is for me, personal responsibility is such a key element that I think is missing in a lot of people's mindset about their life and their careers. Um, but also one of the most important is that At the end of the day, things are going to happen to us. Things are going to happen around us, within our careers, within our industries. But it's always how are we going to respond to that? So this happened. Now what? And I didn't always view life or my career that way. But there was a point where I got to a realization that that was going to be what was going to help me be the most successful. So, okay, maybe this person isn't viewing me appropriately. Or maybe this person is speaking to me in a certain way that might be derogatory. Or I have certainly said to individuals maybe that I worked for and felt comfortable with, would you ever say that to a man? (laughs) I've felt free to have those conversations, but it really all has to start with a place of how I view it and that ultimately I'm responsible at the end of the day because I can't change anyone else. I can't change mindsets. I can't change stereotypes, but obviously I can change myself. I can change how I react to those things. And ultimately, hopefully that does change the mindsets and how other people around you view you. And that if you can present yourself from a place of, confidence, which is obviously another key element that at the end of the day, you can almost help others to forget about those, those differences or those biases if they're there as well. And that's sometimes hard for a lot of people. Like you said, one of the best things to do is not worrying about what people think, but how you react to the situation. That's huge. And that's something that I think a lot of people have problems with because they might take it a little bit more personally. It's a direct attack. It might not be. But you kind of, in a way, give people the benefit of the doubt. Like you said, you have confidence also in your abilities and in what you're doing. Are there any other qualities that you would say would be important for women to cultivate 
in the printing industry or even in leadership roles in the printing industry? I definitely do think that personal responsibility is number one, probably closely followed by that confidence. The third element, I think, is really the educational piece of it. And that can come from a lot of different areas. There's obviously formal education. But at the end of the day, when you are able to be fully knowledgeable in whatever you're approaching, you're going to have that confidence. And so it's kind of like taking the personal responsibility to educate yourself in the area that you're working in. And a lot of times that means going outside of what's offered to you. And that's kind of where the personal responsibility comes in. I'll look at my career and I can see many, many times where I was given opportunities and I would phrase it that way, that I was given opportunities to do more. But in most cases, I had to ask for those opportunities before I was given them. And so that's the other piece of it, I think, is getting as much information as you can, learning as much as you can. And a lot of that will come from places you may not traditionally think of, but talking to your vendors. I always encourage people to have really robust relationships with vendors. And a lot of times, let's say you're in the printing industry or you're maybe working in an operational role, whatever that looks like, you're going to have constantly have vendors looking to sell you something. So at the end of the day, you're not going to buy everything from all of them. Obviously, there's only so many pieces of equipment you're going to purchase and pieces of software you're going to implement. And also but, so much money that you have. So Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. But what can you learn from them? And most good sales reps are going to be willing to educate you. And some of the best resources that I've developed over the years were sales reps who to this day, I've never bought anything from, but they were willing to be an educational resource for me, help me learn more about something, help me learn more about best practice of how other people have handled something. And if the opportunity ever arises, of course, I would purchase their product or their services. But it's also being willing to kind of be the person within your organization who will talk to everyone and get their questions answered. Don't be afraid to go outside of your department, use the expression with employees before or dress for the job you want, not the job you have. But that really relates to your knowledge level and where you are, that you should always kind of be two steps ahead of your current role if you're looking to grow. And I think one thing you said is very important is not being afraid of asking those questions to, to acknowledge that you don't know everything and to reach out to places where you can build your knowledge and build your knowledge base. So that way you can take those next steps in your career. Absolutely. So in terms of leadership, obviously you've been in multiple leadership roles. Why is it important, at least for you or for women in the industry, to have women in those roles? I think it's important just so that it brings that diversity that we all recognize is important. But obviously women do view the world through a, a slightly different lens of brain composition, if you will, and the ability to maybe apply empathy and emotion and emotional intelligence to situations in different ways. Obviously, every person is unique and different, and men and women, obviously, some are, are more naturally gifted in those areas. But I think it's important to have that balance and to just have that diversity amongst the types of people that you have in leadership roles so that you can be seeing everything from all those perspectives. And that's kind of how I always try to approach it, too, is what perspective am I missing? You know, may, maybe it's not gender in some cases, but maybe it's just more the circumstances where someone's coming at their life from. And I always try to, in a leadership role, understand those different elements of where people are approaching life from. And as I've worked with many different managers over the years and coaching them through all the different employee challenges that can arise, of course, over time, it's always important to try to see the situation through that lens of empathy. And this person could be going through something you don't even know about. And even if they're not, just recognizing that not everyone sees the world the same. 
And so I think it's just important for us to, you know, as a culture, but also as an industry that is very traditionally heavy on the, the male side of things, that we just keep pushing for that level of diversity so that we can have all the different perspectives and make sure that we're looking at not only our employees, but frankly, our customers from the right lens and making sure that it's kind of as inclusive as possible. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned something about, you know, helping managers learn how to to work with people and to really view people differently. Have you had the opportunity to mentor men and women in your position through the I, industry? I, I have, yes. I have had numerous different individuals that have either worked directly for me and anyone who works for me directly, I've always taken that as an opportunity that that's a person I can mentor. Mm-hmm. You know, just because they report to me, I don't necessarily view it as just an opportunity for standard reporting functionality, but a mentorship. I I definitely have always viewed that that way. And then a few individuals that I have had the opportunity to more formally coach and mentor who did not report to me. But yes, I, I I have done that both from a male and female perspective. And it's It is very interesting and there's differences. And honestly, I learned so much through those scenarios because when you're really working with someone and you're coaching them and mentoring them, one of the most important things obviously is to kind of shut up and listen and to understand how they see the world and where they're coming from. And so I've learned a tremendous amount from working with a very diverse group of people and recognizing that just because something comes naturally to me doesn't necessarily mean the same for other people. And frankly, trying to help someone else see where their strengths are can also kind of help you see that, oh yeah, everyone is going to have a strength that often complements the weaknesses. And so being able to help someone else identify their strengths is really critical. But yeah, it's it's been a great experience to be able to do that across all different types of people. It's certainly good. I know some people just don't have the opportunity, but it's good when you do and you really can make full use of it. And like you said, you learn so much even being the one that's technically supposed to be the teacher or the mentor and not the mentee. But yeah, it's so much, it's so interesting to see what you, how that really can blossom and grow the relationships and the knowledge and just on both sides of the coin. Absolutely. So a little bit about community and networking. How important would you say is networking and community involvement for your professional career? For me, the idea of networking was probably introduced to me initially at the level of you should be involved with some sort of a group who is other business professionals and you can sort of bounce ideas off of and share information and business best practice. And so I was able to get involved with a group or two like that over the years, and they certainly have their value But I found very quickly that while those types of organizations do have their place, in order to really get the most out of networking opportunities, I think it's so critical that you find people who are in your own space. And so obviously we're coming at this from the the printing industry lens. And so being involved in any type of group or organization or even events that are more maybe sales driven, I, I often will reference for example, the types of events where you might be going to it to learn more about a certain type of technology, printing, for example, or like the Inkjet Summit is a great example, where you're going to learn, but taking advantage of the opportunities that those organizations will usually provide you within the format of that type of agenda to network with other people who are actually in your space. I think a lot of times we'll go to those events and we kind of have our blinders on of I'm here to learn or I'm here to make a buying decision, even shows where you are really going to make buying decisions. There's always some opportunity to network and just meeting people who are maybe adjacent to your space, but also being willing to even meet and have relationships with your competitors can actually have a lot of value. 
So I'm part of a group called ING or the Imaging Network Group, which is a phenomenal group of about 55 companies that are similar to our company in that they're doing somewhat print and mail for either transactional or more the direct mail marketing space. And when I got involved in that group, it kind of opened my mind very differently to what networking could really look like. And so that group in particular does kind of focus on the elements of networking that are so important of being open and honest and kind of having a code of conduct and all sort of agreeing how we're going to work together. But so many times I think people will come at those types of whatever they are, these organizations, and they're very guarded. You know, we all have our own businesses. We all have our own secret sauce somewhere, whether it's really true or not is is debatable, but we all have something that we feel we kind of have to keep close. And so sometimes when we go into those networking opportunities, we tend to kind of hold things back and not really be willing to share. And we're only looking to learn what other people are doing. And I think that's a huge mistake. So one of the first things I did was just be very willing to be very open and very transparent with not only networking opportunities, but even our vendors. I'll never forget, I went into a business review with a very large vendor on the printing side, on the on the inkjet production side, when we were trying to make a print decision. And I shared with them what I thought was kind of standard information that I would share with a vendor about our business and our industry. And when I was finished, they were kind of blown away. And they told me that no customer had ever shared so much information with them. And they actually asked me to join their customer council, which I was happy to do. And we hadn't even purchased their product yet. And so it was an interesting learning experience for me to recognize that it's not that common for people to be open and forthcoming with information. So obviously there's still things that are proprietary, but I would encourage people to be really willing and open to share what your challenges are, what your customers' challenges are, and even some of the maybe mistakes you've made and almost kind of recognize that everybody's dealing with the same types of things. And the more willing you are to be open, the more you're actually going to learn, especially with a, with a vendor too, if you're looking to actually solve a problem on your side with either hardware or software, the more information you can tell them, the more they're actually going to be able to really help you. Otherwise, they're just trying to sell you their product. They're not really trying to solve your pain. But on the networking side in organizations, it's the same. So if you can talk to someone I'll say, for example, we're transactional print and mail, but I have made some really great relationships with people who are implants, for example. They're doing the exact same thing we are. They're really just doing it for their own organization only. And so at the end of the day, we have so much information we can share without really having to worry about competing. And at the end of the day, there may be some opportunities where we can partner and actually help each other. And you know, similarly, I have great relationships with people who are doing printing more on the direct mail side and marketing side or, or um, you know, traditional print side where we're not competing in the slightest and maybe we don't have all the same problems, but creative solutions that for them are you know, something they think about every day, we may not have considered because that's not the world we're in. So the more you're willing to share, I guess the, the message is the more you're going to learn. Yeah, definitely. And I know that's one thing that I've found across conferences, a lot of conferences, is that people are guarded, like you said. They're, they're worried that they're going to spill something, that secret sauce, they're going to lose customers. But honestly, by working together, it actually makes the industry stronger because Absolutely. they might come at something from a different perspective than you do or somebody else. They might look at a very similar situation in a completely different way that you never thought of. And that's just going to put that light bulb on your head. Oh, yeah, of course I can do it that way. Why didn't I think of that before? And it's all obvious when somebody else mentions it. But unless you're willing to have the conversations and to be a little vulnerable in a way with some of these folks, 
there's no growth then. I mean, that's part of it. You, we want to grow the industry. We want to grow as people. And that's and networking is definitely one way to do that. I mean, you mentioned the Inkjet Summit. I mean, that's a perfect example of people being open and willing to share. Because I've been, obviously, I've been there. It's one of our, our events. And right. it's so amazing just to get, you know, really, really smart people in a room and let them talk. And just the things that can come out of it. For sure. Now, in terms of women and trends in the industry, how do you stay connected to like international developments? Is that something that concerns you in regards to women and women in the printing industry? So I'll say somewhat, I, it, you know, it, it's, it's always a balancing act to try to figure out where you're going to place your time and where you're going to, you know, kind of focus. And I will say when it comes to looking at kind of the international lens of things, because I mentioned our, our customers are typically community banks Financial institutions in the United States tend to be a little bit slower in their adoption of maybe technology and how they approach things maybe rather than some other industries. And so in some ways, we look to the European market through what limited visibility we have to it, just to kind of see the trends of where things are headed in the future. And honestly, I think for, for me personally, with my view of that, I think a little bit, it really ties back to that element of networking and who are you connecting with? And for me, I usually try to get that kind of state of the industry, state of that from vendors, because that's really who I am connected with that has the best view of that. And so, you know, there they may be vendors who are selling internationally that obviously, you, you know, maybe you only meet with them once a year, but you can kind of chat with them about what are they seeing in the European market, for example, but also just kind of being open to uh, maybe stepping a little bit outside of your norm to be able to do something. Um, I had the opportunity last year, for example, to attend Huckler Innovation Days uh, in Lucerne, Switzerland, which is an amazing event. And that was something that, you know, we may not have in the past attended, but it was kind of like, you know what, we should, we should see what's going on in kind of the bigger scope of things. And to go to an event like that, and, and obviously you can walk around and see the ratio of, of men to women in the industry. And obviously it's very heavily weighted on the, on the male side, but at the same time, it's another opportunity to meet people mm -hmm. and to network with those people that are outside of, you know, kind of your normal sphere and to actually generate, you know, relationships with, for me, for example, with other women, whether they be, you know, someone who's working, like I said, with a vendor or, you know, potentially even, you never know, you, you may meet prospects and customer opportunities in those kind of events. So I think it's just kind of about making sure you have some view of that for yourself and wherever that's appropriate for, for your business. But again, it's, it's balancing that with kind of the day-to-day -day and what do your customers need and where, where do you need to go to find that? So now kind of taking a step and looking a little bit into the future, I'm going to ask you to pull out your crystal ball. I know you have one in your office somewhere. Huh. What initiatives, in your opinion, do you think we need to help enhance workforce diversity in the printing industry to get more diverse voices to be represented? I think there's a couple of ways we could look at that and a few things that we could be doing as an industry. One, I think, is we need to create more opportunities to allow for education and networking for the up and coming people in the industry. So I'll say, you know, there's a lot of events that are already existing, but the audience for most of those events tends to be at your kind of director, VP, executive kind of level. And those are well and good and they're needed. But as an industry, we don't really have a lot of 
types of opportunities or events that are more focused on your individuals who are growing in their career and are looking to continue to advance into those levels and, and be more involved in the industry. And so I think if we had more opportunities like that, I know, for example, I can look at, I have looked in the past for things that I can send my supervisors and middle managers to, and there's not a whole lot out there. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you, you, you go to the bigger shows maybe, and, and, you know, then you can go to the booths and talk to everyone, but that's not really the same as some of those more focused events. So, you know, if we as an industry were maybe a little less focused on the decision maker and a little bit more focused on the need to bring up and educate and add value to the people who will be the decision makers in the next five, you know, seven years. I think that would help us. Um, And even if it's just creating environments for those individuals to just gain exposure through other ways, it doesn't always mean they have to go and travel to the, you know, three or four or five day event, but even just having opportunities for them to be exposed to some of the things that the rest of us kind of maybe take for granted are part of our, you know, routine within the industry. Almost everything that we have that I'm familiar with is really focused at that, you know, decision maker level. And so, the, you know, if we could add some things that would allow for organizations to be able to bring the people that are already in there into higher levels. I've always thought, I've always been impressed with companies when I see other companies promoting internally. And really, you know, a lot of that work does have to happen at the individual company level, but maybe it would even be taking some of the organizations that we have or some of the venues, you know, we've talked about Inkjet Summit a couple of times. What if there was a track at the Inkjet Summit focused on those decision makers who are attending that on how to bring the rest of their teams into that process? I've done a a talk at the Imaging Network Group before about that piece in particular. I did a case study about how we actually made some poor decisions in one of our upgrades into new equipment where we didn't involve some of those other individuals that should have been involved and how we could have done that better. Mm -hmm. So if there's things as an organization that we could do that would help individual companies be able to sort of empower those people. And then the other piece of it maybe is just how do we present ourselves as an industry in general you know, how are we as an industry putting ourselves out there in channels that are going to be attractive to people who aren't currently in the industry? You know, social media is obviously one of those channels that is somewhat utilized, I'll say, within our industry. But frankly, are we even utilizing the channels that we have today? So I was talking with a group recently that is kind of lobbying Congress to impact some of the postal reform that's needed. And one of the questions that was raised from the group that they were doing kind of a focus group with is, we're, we're trying to preserve the USPS and the, the mailing obviously element of that. Are we utilizing print and mail as a marketing channel within that group? And the answer was no. <laughs> so It seems like a dead giveaway that that would be a really good way to go. <laughs> yeah. And, and the younger generations, you know, be, be, it, be it men or women, but specifically if we want to bring more women into the industry, we have to be reaching them via channels that they're actually spending time on. And obviously those social media channels are, um, one way to do that and just kind of how are we presenting our our industry as a whole and individual companies, you know, even just thinking about like if you as an individual company, let's say any other company that's doing printing and you want to have more diversity and you want to bring and attract younger people and younger women in particular, what does your website look like? You know, what do your executives and your teams that are going to be on, you know, if a, if a young person and a young woman is looking to come work for your company and they research you, what do your individual executives LinkedIn pages look like? How are you presenting yourself to a younger generation? And so all of those things are kind of critical in being able to even attract those diverse people to our industry. And some of that's simple stuff. It's how, you know, how are you presenting yourself? How does your website look? Those seems like basic things, but it's 
it's some things that we in the industry we just don't think about right i always say that the print industry is the best kept secret of any other industry and that as much as we're involved print shops are involved with various mailing and marketing campaigns and really amazing things that they're producing for other companies they're not doing it for themselves right. they have some wonderful examples of some amazing direct mail and other things that could be produced but they produce it for other people. Right. Absolutely. So kind of in conclusion, as we're wrapping up for women that are looking to enter the industry, this is something I, I like to ask is if you knew what you know now, what would you tell your younger self as you're coming in, you know, as you're entering into the industry? I think that's a great question. I, I think looking back, I would have told myself that it's an industry to be more excited about than I originally thought. Um, and it's in because it's an industry that touches so many different individuals and parts of our lives that we maybe take for granted. And it's also a growing and changing industry and not a dying industry, because I think that's the, the view that a lot of people have is that print is going away or print is a medium that's not really important anymore. And the reality is that's been proven over and over again that that's not the case. And specifically the younger generation who we're trying to attract into our industry are some of the people who are you know, being surveyed and, and actually giving feedback that says they value that. They value that tactile touch of something, you know, the, the feel, the weight of something in your hands, the you know, go to your mailbox and pick up something that's unique and personalized to you. And obviously that's the other piece of it I think that I would tell myself, you know, is that the industry is changing and becoming more effective in the ways of taking modern technology and modern software technology that allows us to make those experiences really personal and unique. And that's kind of what that younger generation is looking for, something that is appealing to them, you know, in a medium that's maybe a little bit outside of what they're used to all day long. We all know the amount of email we get and just gets lost in the mix versus getting that real personalized mail piece or even a, you know, a statement or a bill that you have to pay that has some nice synergy between the printed piece that's, like I said, you know, you can touch it, you can feel it, but it also has that more modern feel of, oh, but it also has a QR code on it. And I want to just scan that QR code and pay with Venmo. Being able to align those things, and our industry has done a great job of that over the last few years, I think just knowing that we can continue down that path of incorporating the latest and greatest technology into what is print and traditional print, I think then hopefully the younger generation will be excited about that. I think we have a little ways to go, but there's some really, really great advice. Gretchen, it was an absolute pleasure to talk with you. So thank you for spending some time with me today. Sure, no problem. Thank you for having me. 